This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. And as always, Comictating is generously sponsored by Earth 2 Comics. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Welcome back to another issue of Comic Dating. Sebastian and I are here again at the lovely and wonderful Earth 2 Comics in Northridge. We're going to go over a couple of second issues of Rebirth. Probably, be, I think it'll probably be the last week where we do Rebirth Oldie. I know we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. and then Yeah, we, and we're, we're <laughs> basically two months in, yeah, so um, we can start I, covering other books. We talked two, a little yeah. bit about James Bond. Yeah, yeah, so. and I think there's some other stuff we'll cover. I might actually, there's a book comes out this week, The Fix. Ooh. Uh, it's uh, Spencer and Lieber's crime haha funny they did the superior foes of spider-man okay that was a really good book yeah i read that as an omni all in one shot it's so good nice because it's funny and it's fun but it's also extremely complex with all the crosses and double crosses and stuff like that so this book the fix is it's two crooked cops here in la it's really it's really really well done and there's a period piece i know it's right now it's right now it's current um yeah it's two detectives that uh you know, trying to trying to pull a con, basically. Nice, nice. With a whole, like the sound it, of it gets it gets very. Uh, it takes like four issues, and then you start to go, "Oh, this is going to be much worse than you think." Like the people that they're working with are not the people they think they're working with. But the first trade just came out with the first five issues, and number six, I think, releases today. That starts kind of the second half of this piece. But nice it was one of those under the radar ones. I really, really like that book. That book is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, that sound, yeah, that actually sounds really good. I do like uh, I do like good political intrigue, yeah. police stuff. Uh, Boom has got, uh, I believe, uh, Big Trouble in Little China meets mm-hmm. uh, Snake Plissken, Escape from New York, yeah, as one of the going. versus titles coming out. I saw an ad for it, and I'm intrigued by that because I actually liked uh, both of those books when they did their individual stories, mm-hmm. so pretty fun. I think both of those are still going on. Yeah, yeah, I believe I they are. So. Let's say everybody just wants to see heroes meet up with heroes, or fight heroes. Especially when uh, you're else. basically getting two versions of Kurt Russell meeting up. Uh, <gasps> I'm not. I'm not Tempted. opposed to this at they should, all. They should make that movie now with McReady <laughs> also showing up at the end. Just have just have uh, Kurt Russell versus Kurt Russell. With today's technology, it can be done. I yes yes young Kurt Russell meeting young Kurt Russell. We can we can what is it? We can fix him. We can better. We can make him better, can stronger, better. Yeah. faster than he was before. Was it? Was it? We we can fix him, right? We can rebuild him. We can rebuild him. I was like, I know there's another word in there somewhere. We can rebuild. Timely him. reference for all you kids out there. Yes. Six billion dollar man, which would probably cost about twenty two billion dollars right. now. Kids look up uh, yeah, look six up, billion look up dollar, six million dollar man. Six million dollar man. The six billion dollar man would be the modern version. Yeah, I believe it is. And the six million dollar woman. Yes. Uh, that uh some fun shows. I actually I actually missed a lot. Me TV is starting to show a lot of that stuff. Me TV is starting? That's all that's well, all, that's my all they parents do. watch is Me TV. But uh, they've actually uh, been starting Emergency, so me and my dad have been watching reruns of Emergency again. My older brother's favorite show. He loved that show so much. It's really it was, good. Well, it's also, it's, it's, he found out when he, as he started to get older, it's extremely accurate. It is. It's really accurate, for, especially not... for the time they were shooting it. Yeah, oh. whereas Chips was just like, you're not going to send two motorcycle officers to stop a guy with a machine gun, you know? Yes, exactly. But it's like, you'd send the paramedics on the, the guy dangling from the high wire because if he falls, or the telephone pole, because if he falls, you need them there. And so well, there was one on, this is a couple months ago, it takes place in a building like downtown, and it's a guy on a window washer or whatever, and it's yeah. broken. So they're trying to, you know, they're trying to save him from the roof. 
So the long shots, and you look past it and go, man, that doesn't look like anything, doesn't it? It's big open spaces, yes, and then a freeway with no cars on it. The back lot in yeah. Universal. Here oh no, it was, it was it was a, it was a, it was on location. I think it was out towards the airport. Okay. Um. So it was it is a it is a real building. Uh, at the time, you know, I'm, I'm sure the building's probably still there, but it looks very very different. But you know, the long shots from the helicopter or the crane or whatever yeah. that show over the building. You know, this is a, a fairly it's not a high rise, high rise, but it's like a six, seven story building. And the shots, the long shots, you can see behind it. And it's just, it's open you space. To see, you get to see 70s LA. Yeah, pretty much. The 70s, early 80s at the at That's the, been at the one latest. thing. Because you can see a lot of the, the backlop shots that yeah. they have there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just seeing old LA again. Those, yeah, some of those location shots for, for emergency and even chips are amazing. You watch their freeways and go... What happened? Where's all the traffic? Yeah, where, where where's all that? Where did where did that come from? Judge Doom was right. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Does that? I remember when we went to see the second uh, Matrix movie, and there's that that the, uh, the freeway the freeway chase. chase. And I'm like, what freeway no are traffic. they on? Yeah. I'm like, where is this? Speed was the same thing. It's like the most unbelievable thing in speed has nothing to do with the bomb. It's the fact that they could find anywhere in LA to go 55 miles, miles an, an hour, hour for constantly. more than for more than 10 minutes, much less 12 hours or whatever it was. So. Old and then Dennis it's on a Hopper. boat. It's like speed on a boat. Speed two. It's like speed two, except this All one's right. on a bus. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Millhouse. Oh Millhouse. Everything's coming. Oh, Millhouse. Thrill ho. Thrill ho. I looked at my Facebook memories today. This is the two year anniversary of the Simpsons Take the Bowl. Oh, uh, I missed that. Yes. I want them to do another one. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. It was really, really, really good. So much fun, so much fun. And they're doing, um, I think I might have mentioned it last time, they're doing Nightmare for the last time. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, we were talking about that. I'm weird. excited for that. Yeah, I gotta find, I gotta get tickets for that. I don't want to lose out on that. But of course, we're here to talk comics. Uh, we're gonna talk some number twos. Deathstroke, All-Star, Batman, Suicide Squad, and we're gonna end with Superwoman because we were like the ending of the first Superwoman, so I'm kind of intrigued as a yes. going forward. I'm going to start with Deathstroke number two. This is a book that, uh, much like number one and The Rebirth, I know it's good, but I'm also super confused <laughs> uh, because it does use a, a lot of jumping points. As a lot of flashbacks. It's flashbacks and forwards, and, and there's different pieces in each places. It's two and, Deathstrokes. One yeah. of them is a, is a phony Deathstroke, a disguise, yes. if you will. Uh, so for me, um, like I said, I, I, I like it. I think it looks good. It sounds good. I like the dialogue that's in it. I know there's something going on, but I'm having trouble putting the the, the puzzle pieces together. But it may be something as you collect it at some point. Right. The, the pieces um, are slowly starting to become clear, especially because yeah. like at the beginning we have sort of his wife's introduction to Deathstroke with the kidnapping of their kid. Is yeah. how it opens up, and I feel like the kidnapper needs to learn how to use commas. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's what they're worried about. I I would be, especially because. Uh, it's not so much a spoiler, but she sees uh, in red on the wall, call me Deathstroke. But I feel like, shouldn't that be call me, comma, Deathstroke? Ah, but I don't think that's what it is. I think that, because, it, the, the, again, it's the first couple of pages, so we're not spoiling too much. But no, yeah. his right, kid gets right kidnapped. Yes. I think he's kidnapped by someone named Deathstroke. Interesting. Interesting. That Slade then steals, steals that the identity. Name. That's what that was that, my. You know what? I had not considered that, and I actually really do like that. And I because did like... I remember in the, in the Arrow TV series, there was two Deathstrokes, right? And right. it was Slade was the original Deathstroke, and then the one that was on the island in in the mask and the suit was actually someone who stole right. his mercenary identity. 
So when I read that piece of so you, Call Me Deathstroke was, you can call me, you know, that the, the person who did the kidnapping, yeah, there's, there's a picture of a the A separate son. person. Yeah, it's a separate person who is using the Deathstroke name because from the way that she says, who or what is a Deathstroke, right. whoever he is, she doesn't he's know who got it is my yet. kid, is like, she doesn't know who that kind of right. person, who that character is, so... Um, there's some cool devices in here. One of the biggest thing is uh, Christopher Priest is uh, is is the writer. Carlos Pagelon does the pencils, but the breakdowns are done by Marvel GI Joe legend Larry, Larry Hama, Hama, who for a lot of people don't know, uh, Larry Hama wrote the bulk of the Marvel GI Joe series, which for probably the first third of its its existence, the first fifty to sixty issues, the number one Marvel comic, beating oh, yeah. every superhero on the planet. Um, huge, huge book. He also wrote um, Wolverine for a very long time. When Wolverine lost his uh, lost his adamantium in the uh, the Magneto storyline, Larry yes. Hama wrote that book and and everything after for uh, up until 100 when he regained it. But a lot of people don't realize that Larry Hama was an artist. And oh, yeah. uh, there's there's a great story. I saw his spotlight at Comic Con a couple of years ago, and he was an artist for uh, Iron Fist. In the yes, 70s. he was. So he's telling the story of that he did this beautiful two-page spread of Kunlun, and you know it's it's the city in the mountains, and you know it's these beautiful bridges, you know rope bridges and clouds and mountains and trees and everything. Book gets published. He opens up the page, and there's just words all over this two-page spread that covers his entire artwork. And he said that's the reason he became an editor because he wanted to make sure that never happened to anybody right, else. Right. So, um, so he does have some artistic chops, and he does do the layouts for this. And I have to say, as someone who reads, who has read every issue, well, I'd say probably the first 120 issues of GI Joe six or seven times, and especially the early stuff about 170 times, there are very Larry Hama esque type pieces through here that you recognize from even his his time back in the 80s as he would sometimes do the breakdowns for it or he would very specifically tell rod wingham or ron ron wagner who we worked with uh in the middle part of that joe run kind of what he wanted to see and so you can see some of the action pieces with it but you your reaction to this book is a lot stronger than mine so you to tell exactly what you like about deathstroke so uh from the storytelling standpoint there's a lot of flashbacks and i know flashbacks can be very confusing especially because they're not necessarily signaling to you with with cues in the book like an editor's note or a piece of text what they're actually doing is a lot of visual cues and i actually like this because it's something comic books can do almost exclusively you have a fantastic moment at the very beginning where they're having a flashback uh, they're all in a plane they get in a plane crash and it's about two or three pages in and then they're upside down in the plane but their dialogue is also upside down to face them so you actually have to turn the book upside down to read it or you can read it upside down. Like or, you can, or you can just read it upside down if you choose. There's a great moment where they get uh, to one of the old members of their crew who's in a bar. He's about to tell them the story about sort of his fall from grace. And he goes from his old self into his young self. And those are the cues that they're using to sort of go through uh, how they're establishing a lot of their flashbacks and at what point in time there are. But for the most part, the plot thickens. We're learning about who uh, kidnapped Winchester. That's still the big crux of the story. And with the use of their old companion, who they're talking to at the bar, the plot really does thicken because we're introduced to the person who created Deathstroke's suit, who has made himself a super suit, and there's still more going on. This does feel very much like an issue, too. 
we're getting a little piece of that puzzle to continue the story. But very, very enjoyable. I liked the relationships of the team. I liked the very, very creative use of the structure of the panels and how they transition. Very, very entertaining book. And just Christopher Priest entertains me all day with his books. And like you said, Chris, even if you don't have a full picture yet, you yeah. still know what you've read is really solid. And yeah, it's just like something there. Yeah, there's something there. And it's a book that I'm like, all right, I'm 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 still down for this. I want to know the mystery. Very, very sold on it. And right. guy made himself a super suit. That's kind of awesome. You don't ever see that. He can fly. He where's can lift my up cars. super suit? Where's my super suit? Well, man, where's my super suit? Uh, yeah, book that to me is it's kind of like one of those weird intriguing ones where it's I'm, I'm reading it going, I don't understand it, but I still like it sort of thing. Like, I know there's something going on here, and I can kind of put it together. There's a mystery here. Yeah, but it kind of... Uh, and I do like the ending of this one, too. Yeah, I thought that was kind of... There's a yeah. piece in there at the end that I thought was pretty cool, so... And, but it's... The big thing is, it does feel like more... Like a like a more traditional mystery story than anything yeah. else. Sort yeah. of transposing the prose style of mystery into a comic, where there's really in a mystery story of just little clues here and there that are spread out. So this is a book that really does require that full story arc. Yeah. I think it. that that might be the better way. I, mean, I sometimes bring this up with uh, Grant Morrison's rock of ages in his JLA run. He did with Howard Porter. As I read it issue to issue, I was lost, completely lost. And this is well before Grant Morrison lost like everybody just by being crazy bat guano crazy um crazy awesome but the first time i read it together once the arc was done and i read all the issues in one sitting it was, it was so easy to follow it that it wasn't easy but it was easy enough to follow all the different pieces because right. rock of age is the same thing like it takes place in the future and in the past and another dimension and all these different pieces or whatever that's in it with this jla team and then another jla team and this type of stuff uh so deathstroke along those lines could be something that would be akin to uh having that being a benefit of once that's done right we're able to get through the whole thing and read it in one piece and then the the, the flips and the changes and the plot even in terms of who is kind of on the side of who and who is who and what their relationships are will be a lot clearer as you read through yes, read yes. through the whole thing if uh if you don't dig slow burns in comics too much this yeah. is probably going to be a little frustrating to get through but if you're still intrigued enough, I say continue reading. Or if you want to come back to it later, a story arc in a completed trade is probably going to be the best way to read it. And that even or a completed set, like yeah, even here. a completed set. If you've got, uh, if you want to pick up all of the issues of the story arc, you can do that as well. But it's definitely feels like it's going to read like that, and it's very clear by this issue that it's going to take some time. But I'm never opposed to that. Yeah, I think long form is something that a lot of people have left out. And obviously, if you read his old Black Panther with Marvel at the time, it wasn't, you know, the entire industry wasn't based on four, six, or eight issue trades or even 12 issue trades. And so his Black Panther run is very complex and intricate over the course of the three or four years like, that he yeah. did it. You know, it's even now where they've recollected it all. It's about yeah, it's four, four trades. trades. It's four, it's four big, thick trades. So. You know, more so than what you would normally see from a new book. Because, yeah, it's up in the, like, 48s or 50s when he when he left. Yes, yeah. Maybe even higher. It might have been even in the yeah. 60s. Um, so, yeah, he did. He worked on that book for, for a long, long time. 
especially by today's end. Almost nobody stays on a book for four years. Right, uh, right. Somebody who stayed on a book for four years was Scott Snyder doing Batman. And, of course, here in the Rebirth era, he's doing all-star Batman with John Romita Jr. And this is the road trip with Two-Face. This is part two. Uh, we open with... Um, Speaking of flashbacks, yeah. I mean, here it is, a, it is a different piece because here it gives you a time. You know, two days from now, now, 24 hours ago, as you change yeah. these pages, as these different pieces, and the bulk of the story stays in the now. You know, there's yes. only a, the, there's a single page at the beginning and a single page at the end that takes place in the quote unquote future of the book. And then there is a flashback. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple hours ago. Um, in the middle of the book. But uh, for this one, the, the first issue, I liked the first issue. The thing with All-Star is All-Star carries a lot of weight with it. Right. You have All-Star Superman, Grant Morrison's right. Superman opus. Um, even All-Star Batman and Robin Which is, with Frank Miller. Again, to note, not connected to this version. No, but just that, that name, I yes. think, has a connotation. It does. It does. And it has, you, you kind of want something with, I felt, a little more punch. You know, something sure, that's got to sure. be a little different. Sort of like Dark Knight Returns. When Dark Knight Returns first hit, you're like, whoa, this is totally right. different. This is new, and it's exciting, and it's crazy, and it's and it's really, really, really different. In terms of All-Star Batman here, and especially since it's a book that kind of takes place outside of the, the other Batman universe or whatever. It does. You know, it doesn't have that same day-to-day feel of Batman or Detective. Right. Or even Batgirl or Batgirls and the Girl and the, and the Birds of Prey in terms of, like, what's going on in Gotham and what have you. This is a, a storyline that is one compact piece that uh it features a ton of villains uh features uh, this has uh this villains issue has, everywhere yeah and it also this this issue has um uh gordon and harvey bullock show up the other the last issue in this issue have pennyworth and duke who's now the pseudo robin batman jr whatever kind of role that he's playing in the batman uh universe or the batman team liaison yeah um but this, I felt, this issue, I felt, was a little more solid. And I think some of it might have been just because it slowed down here and there. It did. It did. The other book so it moved kind of, very quickly. Yeah, it kind of established itself. There's a, there's a great scene with um, Great White, Black Mask, and Penguin as they approach a, a, a hitman um, about to kind of taking out Batman as he's going through this trip. I thought that was really intriguing. I kind of liked all the dialogue in there. There's a great... Uh, it, it opens on the top of a train with Killer Croc and... Uh, what's the shark? It's not Killer Shark. No, it's it shark. It's King Shark. King Shark. Yeah, King Shark. And um, I was gonna say Hammerhead, but that's the yeah. uh, Spider-Man villain. Am- Amygdala. 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 Yeah, there you go. So, uh, and that I thought that was done really, really well. Um, even the pieces with uh, with Alfred and Duke are done well. There's a kind of an explanation with uh, Harvey Dent and slash Two Face as to kind of who he is and the reason that he's kind of looks different. Each time, I thought that was kind of fun. So this, to me, was this issue was 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 better than the first one. We've noticed that with a couple of different books where we said that either the first issue is better than the rebirth, or the second issue is first better better than the first issue. Right. As they kind of get their legs under them, um, it's very concise. Yeah, it, everything it's is concise. the the story flow works a little bit better, especially yeah. because it, again, it's another book that has a lot of flash forwards and flashbacks. So I think things are a little bit more clearly delineated. I think the action was more inspired, in this and the one action too. I think especially, a lot especially on the the train. I thought there was more of kind of a classic Batman action pieces. Yes, through yeah. it. Uh, there's a cool thing that he does with the cow. I don't want to give away, but that was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it just kind of and, and there's and it the Batman pieces move. Yes, it's you know on the train, off the train, something happens, something happens, something happens. 
the pieces in between that kind of make it slow down uh, lend yourself to everything with Batman is chaos and it's very quickly and then it's giving you backstory or future story as you're right. kind of wondering what's right. going on here. So we've got the Penguin story, which is this great little Easter egg in that. The stuff with Harvey and uh, Harvey. Commissioner Gordon. Harvey. Harvey uh, Feisty. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, works really, really well. The stuff with Duke and Alfred. So there's a there's a really good story flow to it. And they're not trying to make you feel like this is the same Batman you're getting in the regular Rebirth stuff at all. He's a little yeah. more quippy. He's got a little bit of that Dark Knight Batman in him, that 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 like jokiness, a little bit of that insanity to him. He actually seems to have less dialogue than he does in other places. He actually has less dialogue than he ever did in Snyder's Batman run. There's a couple of those, and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's like four pages of Batman just talking, yeah, just waxing poetically. I'm like, dude, seriously, uh, especially that that bone, bone storm story in the middle of Year Zero, where I'm like, holy, um, bone storm, he is you a, say, yes. <laughs> I don't it's something like his bones grow out. I don't even know what the heck that character was, this villain. But all I ever call him is Bone Storm. Every yeah, the that's uh, Bone Storm is also the for the, you, the listener, why that name is amusing. The, the <laughs> and the great, reason I picked it. The the great Simpsons episode. With, yeah, buy me Bone, Bone Storm or go to hell. Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. <laughs> Tell your parents. Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. No stupid with uh, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. The the jerk kid. Do you have that one, Mom? <laughs> Thrill, thrill ho. Well, are you playing when he calls Millhouse? Are you playing Bone Storm? Yeah. How is it? It's the greatest thing ever, and all I've done is enter my name, Thrill House, and then it switches and it says Thrill Ho. <sighs> and at the time, I probably saw. I think I told the story on this air that well, for the longest time, all my save names for like the PS2 were three was Thrill Ho. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want to name everything Thrill Ho. Oh, oh my I love god! That one so That's a much. great episode. That is that is a great. episode. I feel like there actually should be a villain, especially a Batman villain named Bone, Bone Storm. Storm. <laughs> I'm sure it's copyrighted at this point. Bone Storm and Lee Trevino's putting challenge. You have chosen. May I suggest a putter? You have chosen nine iron. <laughs> Whack. Uh. So yeah, All Star Batman. Sorry, we lost track. Yeah, of... sorry about that. We... We're Simpsons nerds, so yep. once in a while we, we jump into the Simpsons. Hopefully, the you Simpsons enjoy talk. it as much as we do. We're yeah, and, and if you don't, Simpsons. yes, go go watch seasons like really seasons one through twelve. Yeah, maybe thirteen. Thirteen is my cap. Yeah, uh, but one through twelve is thirteen was the the first one where I, I picked up the DVD and I looked at the titles in the back. I'm like, I don't recognize some of these. I don't I don't know if I've ever seen these or seen these more than once. So, um, but yeah, one through you got I think you got to get through one just to kind of get that establishment, but. It hits its stride in three, and man, yeah. three through seven, it's just home runs all over the place. Um, anyway, back to comics. Uh, speaking of The Simpsons, Suicide Squad. I don't know why that, that transition's there. Uh, Suicide Squad number two, Robbie Williams with Jim Lee on the main story, and, um, uh, oh my goodness, Ivan Rice as the second story, which we'll get to in a minute. Which is uh, which? Yeah, great. because that's the thing. Uh, I'll, again, I'll be honest, I like this issue a lot more. Even this, the yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad stuff, because again, there's, they're, they're in a chaotic envelop, a development a development situation, a chaotic situation, as their mission has just, you know, gone to, to, to feces. Uh, but there's also uh, Harcourt, this woman who shows up in the um, in the uh, penitentiary the, for the home base for Task Force X, and is in conversation with Director Waller as all these things are, you know, this, this, they've crash landed, they're in the water, their suits are filling up with water. Some of the 
the Suicide Squad are trying to complete their mission with this rocket pod that's sh- you know come off from the ship. Right. And so there's a lot going on. There's some cool dialogue. Boomerang is hilarious in it because it's his dialogue is so stupid, but it's meant to be that way. Yes. You know he's so much of a of a just a wackadoodle in it. Um, so yeah, you don't even get any of their dialogue until Harcourt walks out from from Waller as she's watching this. And she's watching these characters basically, you know, as Harcourt said, they're all going to die. Right. You know, half of them are drowning. The other ones are just you know flying around on this rocket and they have no idea what the hell they're doing, but they are actually doing something that's, you know, uh, that they want to do, which is use it to hit a, a weak point. Katana saves the day in this frozen water, um, but I do. <laughs> so they boomerang the rocket. You boomerang the rocket? I'll boomerang anything. I just thought that was so stupid, but it's so cool when you read it. It's like, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, they get into the facility here and they're trying to go through. You know, everybody survives getting in. Uh, Katana, I've, I've always liked Katana. She turns into a total badass in this. Um, even Harley didn't bug me too much in here. I actually kind of liked her. Yeah, her she was very toned down it. from the last issue. Yeah, but there's just like some, some pieces that were just kind of like kind of funny and you know, there weren't like long things. Just like, what are you doing? She gets thrown, and she's like, "Yay, flight power!" She's wearing a rebirth shirt, which is great from the first one too. But yeah, her and, and Katana just take on like a squad of Russian soldiers and just lay waste to them, and it just looks cool. Yeah, it's, it's really, just, it's really well awesome. uh, yeah. plotted out. Everything makes sense. It flows together really well. Yeah, yeah and the, you, the we, gold was was Captain Boomerang. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This piece really, it features a return of a character. Um, it features something that uh, you know the Suicide Squad does have suicide in the name, so be on the lookout for that. The second story, Boomerang: Agent of Oz, by Rob Williams and Ivan Rice, is freaking hilarious. It is. Um, these second, these backup stories we saw it in the first one with uh, with uh, Colonel Flag, who should be Captain Flag or whatever, uh, is like Waller's interviews with with these people while they're in prison. And, of course, for Captain Boomerang, he's telling this completely fibbed yes. James Bond-type story oh, that it's he amazing. works for the Secret Service of Australia. The, a, a great villain named yeah. the Drop Bear. The, the, the Drop Bear. The, the, the headquarters at the pub. You know, good day, Captain Boomerang. Oh, Thanks yeah. for coming into the pub. Tuxedos what and we call the Oz, Yeah, what we call the Oz Secret Service HQ. Got to rip a mission for you. So there's great pieces in here. If you know anyone in Australia, there's a bunch of little digs in here for places uh, I, I don't even want to talk about it that much because this is this there's a, a, there's book, a, a, there's a like volcano missile base. Yeah, so as, as a book that's two ninety nine, it's worth it for the Captain Boomerang story alone, in my opinion. I actually I, just want a Captain Boomerang comic. Now. I chuckled through this the whole time. You were reading another book while I was reading this, and I oh, just yeah. you know each one, <laughs> just <laughs> like the whole time. It, it it was hilarious. I really liked this book. It definitely found its footing in issue two. Very, very enjoyable. Lots of good humor. The characters start to finally come together. There's a great moment with Killer Croc. There's teleportation. Really, really good humor in this book. And I think that's the kind of humor that is just right for Suicide Squad. Yeah, in a way, I mean, especially with the way the kind of action unfloats, it it really feels like uh, Lee's old X-Men work. It does. It actually does. I mean, obviously, he's got a very distinct style. He's still one of the most popular illustrators that in, in comics, but just some of these pieces. The hallway fight looks like there's there's a great hallway fight, and it's like X Men four or five with uh, um, Jubilee and uh, and Cyclops as they go down the hall. So yeah, it's got it's got some pieces and some feel. That's I mean the 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 basically the fastball special, yes, with the girls is very classic as well. So yeah, this this book I think. Uh, Again, kind of issue two as they get through 
whatever you know qualms and problems that you'll have with an issue one as you're trying to set everything up i think they really kind of solved it here not, maybe not solved it but you know it, it it's definitely a book that uh, this one ha- you can tell the quality is a little bit higher um so we're going to end with superwoman number two and the reason that we're going to is because if you read super if you have not read superwoman number one don't listen to the rest of this because yes. we're going to give away the ending to Superwoman number one. Remember in Superwoman, uh, the first issue, uh, Lana Lang and uh, Lois is now Superwoman. She has superpowers right. and Lana is trying to teach her or, or, or help her along as she did with Clark in the New 52 also. Uh, Lex Luthor has a gigantic sort of aircraft carrier weapons system defense thing that they're really super excited about called the Gestalt. And everything goes haywire. They get attacked. The Gestalt is going to, like, blow up uh, Metropolis. But the big thing is, at the end, uh, there's a bizarro superwoman that kills Lois. Right. And, uh, like, absorbs her some sort of energy. Well, she get, yeah, she gets flashed at her, and she turns into this kind of power. And we see here, in very early in the second issue, we do see her kind of dissolve away. Yes. So as far as we're concerned... The lowest lane of the New 52, and remember the lowest, the lowest that is in Action Comics and the lowest that is in Superman is the pre-New 52 that came with that pre-New 52 Clark, the one that went through the Convergence universe, if you want to call it that, and yep. a book called, um, uh, was it Lu- Return Lewis of Lewis and Clark? Superman yeah. Return of Lewis, something like that, uh, with their son. So this is a different Lana. This is the Lana that we've been following since 2011. She is a separate entity. That kind of story is going on in action as the Clark entity from the new 52 is, right. is is kind of separated himself uh so she is dead we had a book that we thought was going to be about lois it's now very much about lana yes red uh, herring yeah literally she's red literally hair red herring red hair red herring um so here she faces the, the bizarro creature again finds out that lex luther's assistant is uh and again this is only Mercy. the first couple of pages uh the the assistant is a shape changer she's a bizarro woman as well and she kind of escapes, runs into Steel, and we, uh, for those of us that I guess weren't following the books, we find out that Steel and Lana are in a relationship. Yes. I had no idea. Yep. Um, uh, the new information to me, but introduced very well. Yeah. Very easy. You know, John Henry Irons, the man I love. That's Steel. Boom. Done. Yeah. And she and asks a question there, about, like, just to ensure that he's really him, yeah. tell me something about me that only you would know. And something about, like, oh, you hate... Uh, some flavor of yeah, yogurt, you at, of yogurt. At, pink, at Pinkberry. And it's like, okay, very fun. Um, so a book that kind of, for us, we, we, we realized with the first book and we, and we owned up to it. Um, and Phil Jimenez is doing the writing and the art in this just to, to kind of... Writer you know, artists are a few and far between, uh, between things. So well, if they're good. If they're um, good, but it's also something like I appreciate just the work yeah, that goes Well, you've into got that. so much control. You, you know, yeah. You can put what you're thinking right onto the page. Kari uh, uh, um, Andrews for Marvel. Yeah, the ones are really good Fist. at it. And of course, there's some that just say, you know, Scott Snyder once said, famously, Scott Snyder was not going to work with uh, Greg Capullo. He never wanted to work with him because they worked with different styles. Snyder yeah. was very, he wrote in a very detailed style, and Capullo did more of the Marvel style of give me the plot and like the one panel you have to see, and then I'll take care of the rest. They said they were never going to work together. DC made them work together, and all of a sudden, uh, as Scott told in the, the only interview I've ever seen live with the two of them when they were at WonderCon, like in 2012, he said, the stuff on the page looked better than it did in my mind. So sometimes it is an advantage yeah. to have someone else, but in the case of someone like Phil Jimenez, who is, is, is an artist first, really. I mean, that's how he got to start. So I think he thinks in a very visual kind of feel. Um, we, what I was going at was that we, we owned up to the idea that, that what we liked about the first book 
was that very shocking ending. Yes. And so it, it, it gave a lot to, you know, you get through something, New 52 Detective Comics number one. Everyone was saying it was this it was this amazing book. It was so incredible. Because right. the end of it is you find out the Joker had cut his face off. Right. Um, I went back and read it after I knew the surprise. And I remember reading it and going, this is not written well at all. Sure. Detective, sure. And again, I'm talking about Detective Comics number one, not Superwoman. Right. Yeah. My reaction this to Detective is, Comics number one. This is the New 52, yeah, Detective, the new 52 number one. Detective number one. I read it after knowing the surprise and I'm like, this isn't good. I think a lot of people are, are hanging on that ending. And um, our friend Rich, who's a part of the Nerdables podcast, he reread it after I had read it. He's like, oh my goodness, you're right. And I said, because all anybody remembered the first time they read it is the ending. Yeah. It's that shock, shock ending value. that goes, oh, wow. Um, but this, uh, you know, we, we thought the book was written well up to that point. We liked a lot of it. But I owned the idea that maybe the reason I really liked it was like, I couldn't believe that ending. You're right. Um, Where, especially, because all the ads were... Lois Lane yeah, as the superwoman and, yeah. and then to get to the end and just boom done. It's so hard to do surprises in comics and, right. and I thought they got away with it. Um, of all, Especially of all the surprises because they're so hard to keep yeah. to then have that as your ending and it was also a weird book where it didn't really get spoiled ahead of time and I don't yeah. really care about spoilers but I was actually surprised that a lot of sites didn't have on their radar to really spoil ahead of time so you definitely got a lot of shock value out of it especially because I was expecting a book about Lois Lane and it really is about Lana. Yeah for me like I, I I try to avoid spoilers as much as possible. I like to be surprised by just the, the general plot of something, uh, not to mention the, the surprise sort of ending. Um, it definitely didn't garner as much attention afterwards, which I think is a shame because right. I thought it really was, out of all the ones we've read, probably the only piece in those number ones or even Rebirth specials that you went, whoa, right. what just happened? Um, so I thought it was something cool to kind of continue. And part of the reason that we actually did this episode as the number twos uh, which we haven't really been doing as much. We've always had number ones. There are no number ones this week. Uh, but also, I really wanted to talk about Superwoman number two. Because um, I really liked it. I thought it's a book that's under everybody's radar. Yep. It's written well. Luther's dialogue, because I know when you were reading it, you were kind of reading it out loud and kind yeah. of, you know, guffawing at it. But I think that's the whole point. No, He's it is. It's, oh, it's a, definitely. He it. is, he is a, a cartoon, you know, Super Friends level villain Saturday morning cereal villain. It's like, barely hidden. Yeah, it's not even barely. When he's just like, and I, your true I'm Superman. I'm the true Superman. Will no, save I, you. No, I enjoyed that quite a bit because it feels like, especially for this book in particular, this this Lex Luthor that's in Superwoman is very much like a big, boisterous, like, I'm trying to do good. I'm really working at it yeah. here. Because he also isn't the villain. He's not a the villain. The villain in the book is someone completely different. Yes. That, this, these super a reintroduction bizarro, of a character, too. Yeah, these these bizarro characters are working for somebody else, trying yes. to control somebody else. And you do find this out at the end of yes. this book. You so do we find know out who so it we is. we know it's coming, which I think is good. You don't have to hold that for, yeah. for super long. So that makes Lex's thing. It's just, he's almost like a patsy in the book. Sure, sure. He can't be the good guy because the super women are being able to do the things he can't do. Yes. His, his carrier has been turned against him he has a super suit turned off at one point in the last issue he can't help anybody but he's also not the bad guy right he's also not the one who's controlling everything and even though it's a little out of character for him because he's usually in more of that control and right something like batgirl and the birds especially of Prey, when reading where, uh, uh action yeah where he's it, very much that like i'm here i'm cool i'm calmed i got he, he, in this book he kind of comes off uh comes off a bit as a dime store iron man yeah and, and it is a. Uh, like I said, it's it's a bit of a like almost a hypocritical thing of me because like reading Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, we said that Batgirl was so far out of character, yes. it was really jarring. It's not necessarily out of character for him. It's right. just like it's, it's the Jesse Eisenberg Batman versus Superman. The first time you saw that and go, 
that doesn't feel like Lex to me at all. Right. You know, with his crazy voice. Oh, and no, oh my the God. Batman and the Superman are in the same room. And then, yeah, he turns into the Count. He from, turns into Count yeah. from Sesame Street. Yeah. I remember this. I remember <laughs> One superhero, two superheroes. Now they three fight. One rock of kryptonite. Ah, 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 One Batmobile ripped to shreds. Two pieces. Ah. I think you do that voice the whole time. Um... But yeah, I so I, I kind of wanted to just talk about that book because I think it's something worth picking up. Um, if only also the, the variant covers are Terry Dodson and they're they're gorgeous. beautiful covers. That first cover, I, I was this was a book I wasn't picking up for my own personal collection, but I said the hell with it and I picked up the first one and I'm picking up the second one. I don't know how many covers he's doing, but I said I'll will keep going because they just they look they great. look good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of tragic, sort of a tragic irony that you know Superman died. Uh, previous to the rebirth and you know this big thing everybody's sort of mourning him but we have our replacement superman we have our replacement lois but lois's death in this book well, someone say the new 52 superman was the replacement superman yes we have our classic superman to come back as it were and in this book lois lane a character that a lot of people who started with the new 52 were presumably connected to has sort of died completely under the radar with the only person noticing being lana lang so well, is, I, I think one of these is, is the, the, the lowest that was presented in the New 52 was so different from the lowest yes. you had gotten after years and years and years of her time in the DC universe um, that it, it sort of felt, yay, we have our lowest back and who cares about this other lowest? Right, right. And she, she's intriguing just before she gets turned into a pile of ash. Yes. You know, she's actually very intriguing in that first book with that idea yeah, of, because yeah. she is, uh, she was. Um, really cocky and really. You know, right. She's like, I got superpowers. This is great. Come on, Lana, be Superman, be Superwoman with me, please, please, please. So, in in a way that was fun with her, and from at least from a creative standpoint, with her and Lana and they're kind of back and forth, and then to get her to be a part of it, and Lana's a part of it, and then now she's gone, and Lana will has to carry on legacy. So, I really liked it. I thought it was a good book. I yeah, it good it's book. been very, very solid. I'm, I'm surprised that it's uh, not on as many people' radars as it. I believe it should be. Yeah. Oh, there. Um, this week also sees the completion of a couple of story arcs. Green Lantern Six is out. Yes. That'll complete, but most importantly, Detective Comics. I can't remember the number anymore. Uh, but this week sees the uh, completion of its first story arc, which I'm really excited about. I haven't read it yet. I do want to read that one. Yeah, I'm going to go home and read the whole thing. Uh, but that uh, that book has been stellar. Um, the end of the Superman one. Did you read Superman 6? I haven't read Superman you, 6 you yet. you got to read Superman 6 before you go. you got to read cause Superman 6 is awesome. The end is, again, it's just, it is, it is a Superman book in that classic Superman. He's nice. like, he's the hero and he's got a big heart and he's also got big cojones. Um but it's 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 family friendly. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. I loved it. Um, uh, Patrick Gleason comes back and does the last issue of this arc, and I, I think he's still continuing with the next one or whatever. But oh, it was it was really really good. I got the end of like yes, it was nice. extremely satisfying. So especially because that book has a lot of twists and turns. So yeah, but in in, in a in a good way. I mean, in a good way. Yes. In yeah, a very it's a lot of twists and turns because it's a lot of stuff that deals with family. Yes. And, but I thought it just had, much like what Greg Pak did when he, with his start of action comics in New 52, he, uh, th- th- this book is very, it's Superman doing the Superman type stuff. He's yes. a hero through Superman and being through. Superman. But it, he's, he's the hero through and through. You know, he's the hero that saves everybody. He's the hero that, you know, stands in front of his family and Earth and saying, you're not going to, you ain't touching anybody. Right. I will stop you no matter what it takes. 
you want to kill me i don't care right you ain't touching anybody else and so that that's a big part of it um the eradicator as the villain in it perfect villain for it because it talks a lot about his heritage and again this is a guy who disappeared for a long time comes back to this world that isn't necessarily his right he doesn't right. care if it's earth and he's on it he's going to protect everybody on it he's going to protect all life that he can um really really brilliant book cannot uh, those two books detective and superman and again they're superman last week had the the uh, concluding issue of its first arc detective this week has a concluding issue of its arc and both of those carry our highest recommendations indeed uh, next week, we'll probably flip it up. Not exactly sure what we'll do yet. I'll probably take a look at the invoice tomorrow and see if there's anything that, that we want to peg, but also if there's anything recent in terms of trades or stuff that has come yeah. out that we can talk about um, and see if we can't find some gems, some some diamonds in the rough for you guys to, uh, to pick up when you're headed to the shop. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris, and we'll talk to you next week.